0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML, we talked a few days ago about uh, curriculum just before the school year, and there, there are a number of issues obviously to do with that—the sex ed thing, which is going to roll out and still be controversial. We understand that, but uh, we also talked about math scores and uh, and reading, because uh, these are ongoing tests that are done, of course. And uh, we've got a problem here in Hamilton. Uh, Two thirds of the grade six students are falling short in math in Hamilton Public Schools. Why is this happening? As a matter of fact, the numbers this year are not even as good as they were last year. Uh, Manny Figuardo is uh, is the uh, chairman of the hamilton wentworth District School Board and uh, joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Manny, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us today.
1: Oh, thank you, uh, uh, Bill. Just a reminder, the chair of the board is Todd White. I'm, I'm the director sorry, director of education.
0: Director of education. I yes. squ- can't read my own scribbling here. Uh, there's good news and bad news. I mean, the, the reading scores here are quite good, so literacy is, is fine, and that seems to be something that, uh, that we can hang our hats on for a little while, but what's going on with the math scores?
1: That's a um, great question, I, and, um, and you can see this provincial problem, but where I'm more concerned is that our results in junior continue to grow relative to the, uh, the gap continues to grow relative to the province. But, but what really bewilders us, when we and this is what the data doesn't show, is that you have to look at the data two ways. How is each board doing relative to the province? Because you want to compare your group of students relative to all the students that wrote the assessment in the same year and the cohort. So you need to follow the cohort. So when I uh, look at the group of students who wrote um, uh, the grade six this year and only 35% uh, achieved it, you go back and, and look at the results in grade three, and they were over 50%. But then you need to look at that group of kids as they project to grade nine. Of course, these group of students are not in grade. You know, we'll write it in three years from now. But when I look at previous years, the pattern we're seeing is that when they get to grade nine, you know, 37% of the kids are are getting it applied, and about 80, you know, 80 to 81 are achieving it in academics. When we When we look at the total number, because two-thirds of our kids take academic versus applied, that's about 65%. So I look at the previous years and say, why do they do better in grade three, same group of kids, dip in grade six drastically, but then when they get to grade nine, they're actually closing the gap. So when I look at the 16-17 cohort who wrote it, when they were in grade six and 13-14, they got 46% only on grade six. When they Got to so grade 9, that same group of kids, 65% of them achieved level 3 on the provincial assessment. So we keep understanding what's happening in the junior grades. Is it the curriculum? Is it the assessment tool? Or is it the way we're instructing that's not aligning to the to
0: the tool? So how do you make that determination?
1: Well, the, the, what we're doing right now is we're unpacking over the last three years of that assessment to find out what... Uh, what are the questions that we tend to do well? Because each question is connected to curriculum expectations. Mm -hmm. Which questions over time are we not doing well? So we unpacked just this week one school, and we said, wow, that school um, did so high in reading and really struggled in math, really poorly. And how EQAO assesses, as you know, a le- provincial level is anywhere from, what they say, a 3, a B-, minus, but they go 3, 3.1, 3.2. They, they score kids individually. In that school, um, uh, only um, about 5% of the kids actually made level 3, but the re- all the other grade 6 kids were between 2.6 and 2.9. So I said there's something in how they're responding. If all of them were on the cusp, what is it... Um, so we need to unpack and actually look at those questions and find out what are the curriculum expectations that they struggle with. So our research department is going to do a deep analysis with our program department, looking over the last three years, because in our annual plan this year we're actually targeting the junior grades and trying to understand uh, what's happening uh, in those grades based on the, on that assessment
0: tool. We should also uh, explain to our listeners that, that that this dip you're talking about in grade six, uh, you know, the, the, from three to nine, thing. Uh, it's it's not a Hamilton only problem. I, I'm I it, my understanding is that th- that seems to be relevant to, in the provincial numbers as well, but maybe not as drastic as what we're seeing in Hamilton. Right. It, well, that yeah. doesn't that kind of point you towards curriculum then?
1: Yes, yeah, something is happening in the in, in the curriculum. This is what I do know. I do know that the curriculum in grade four, five, and six, Bill, becomes more robust, more complex, and more challenging, and a lot of curriculum expectations for educators to cover. It, it, it does grow um, exponentially. Um, and so we do hear sometimes, educators, it's a lot to cover at times uh, in a short, you know, in a short period of time. In, in what what should be our emphasis? And I think you're seeing the provincial government now. You, know, you heard that push on, you know, focusing on fundamental math concepts and skills. Yeah. But you know, but I do want to push, you know, in our local context. So what we've learned, we said when we focused on grade one reading, as you know, is one of our priorities, and we've invested in, in that, especially in our high priority schools, where we know there's some. No, there are socioeconomic factors we have to address. When we fo- uh, f- um, focus there intensely, we've actually seen our grade three reading results go from 64 to 65 to 69. So I say, okay, that's year to year. But relative to the province, we went up 4%, and the province went up one. So we closed the gap there. And we said, well, what did we do? Well, we actually provided reading specialist supports in these in schools, especially in our high-priority schools where um, students with special needs and the intensity uh, uh, of you know of need, of proportion of students with needs is greater. So then, how do we respond? So when so when I say that, so I don't because if people say, well, sometimes the needs are so great that can never be an excuse. What it needs to be is an opportunity. Then how do we respond to that? So when our results come out um, in October to the board of trustees, they're going to be asking the question, how did our high priority schools do versus all our schools? And uh, I'm excited. The early indication when I look at the results. Our results went up 4%. Um, we closed the gap because the high-party schools had some of the greatest gains. So now, how do we translate that to math and and figure out how do we just replicate that sort of in, in our junior grades in mathematics, and especially in a high-party schools, because they tend to be the ones that are struggling the most.
0: But if you're going to use the same theory here, uh, it sounds as if what you need is more resources than in the classroom. And I hate to bring that ugly word up, Manny, but that means money, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely it does, because we have focused um, in higher-party schools um, across our district but with intense focus on reading specialists, and we have, um, because we know early intervention, if they can't read, Bill, if they can't, they're not proficient readers, they're going to have a hard time accessing any curriculum. Yeah,
0: right. every every subject, yeah.
1: Every subject. But for math, we don't have the same number of um, resources as we do in, in, in early reading. Now, the Board of Trustees will review that through budget process, but also you know, trustees are dependent on how the ministry, you know, supports that focus as well. Uh, Right now, we have six math coaches who focus in our 20 high-priority schools. What we've said now this year is saying, well, instead of them spreading themselves thin across all the grades, we want them to intensely focus in grade four, five, and six. Once we do the research and analysis of the tool, what creates some expectations our students struggling with over time, then what's the best strategies to put in there? And we're also working with our special education department because one of the things we're a little concerned about is that students who might have a certain profile, like learning disability, how are we then assessing and helping them and accommodating them, especially when it comes to this type of assessment? Um, Because that's a group of students we're seeing in our data that are not achieving level three. And a student with a learning disability, uh, the narrative should never be, well... That's the reason why we're not doing well. No, it should be they can achieve, so what is it we have to do differently for these students?
0: i got, I got to ask you about some of the stuff I'm hearing politically. And, 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 again, I I want to try to sift through that because I don't want to make this political. But, uh, nonetheless, I mean, you know, there, there's a new government at Queen's Park now, and one of the things they ran on was uh, what they called a back-to-basics math program because they've seen these numbers and, and you've t- articulated uh, way, the way they've been for the last three years. Uh what exactly does back to basics mean? Is it does it mean you, you I, I, I one of my coworkers said does that mean they dumb it down? I said I hope not obviously because that's not uh, not really what we're shooting for here. But how do you approach something like that and and bring it back down?
1: Well so here's you know this is how they've defined you know when they say focus on these fundamental math concepts, you know, they've identified clearly working with numbers, you know, recognizing and applying and understanding uh, number of properties, mastering math facts, developing mental math skills, and developing proficiency with operations. Uh, all those are important, but we also know what we hear in the sector is we still need our students to have effective problem-solving fi- skills and thinking skills with this information. Because if you have the facts but you can't apply it, you need both. Um so I'm, I think I said to you this last year, we've invested in our teachers. We're offering AQ courses for teachers here in-house who are accredited, and we're subsidizing that to have more teachers feel more proficient in math. And as I told you last year, a lot of teachers who come into the primary junior grades, you know, grade one to six, many of them don't have a math background or don't have math training. So we're providing that uh, in-house. And in addition, the curriculum, because um, I this curriculum when i was in the classroom in the late 90s i can speak firsthand it is robust and i hear over and over to teachers that there's a lot to cover in a 60 minute period block each day um so and in junior grades it becomes more intense so again i go back to same group of kids grade six all of a sudden close the gap and do much better in grade nine what are what are some things i know as a fact well we tend to have more teachers with uh, proficiency in math in grade seven, eight, nine, and, you know, and especially when they get to grade 9, you know, they do focus on 75 minutes a day. So, um, and one of the things that teachers have said to us, what they struggle with is when they have to report to parents on the report card elementary bill is they have to report in the five strands, and uh, they feel at times they have to, they're feeling pressured sometimes to move on to the next strand whether their student has got the concept or not because they have to report in five different areas in mathematics. Um, so, so, so I'm actually welcoming the curriculum that, uh, review and hoping we can actually narrow the focus and not dumb it down, but narrow the focus on the essential pieces. Uh, and there are things year to year that we're seeing that are being repeated, and we're wondering you know, maybe some of the value of some of those stuff that are being repeated year after year that we need
0: to review. Well, listen, I've heard anecdotally from teachers, and I'm, I'm sure you too have heard this, many is uh, they get a little frustrated because they say, you know what, this particular lesson, for instance, the one they may be teaching today, uh, you know, we could have used a lot more time, but I had to rush through it because you don't really have time to to, to spend the time on it that you like. Others may not be so bad, but there are periods and, and portions of the curriculum, they've told me, that they say, we, we feel rushed, and we know the students aren't getting it, but we don't really have the opportunity or the time to do anything about it.
1: it that's exactly, I've heard some of the same stories, and my wife's telling in the classroom, uh, Bill. So there's there's a difference from reading. If I'm teaching reading, um Regardless of the, of the content, I can embed reading in all my areas of focus and, and re- reiterate those reading skills that students need. But in math, there are units and strands that teachers need to move on, and I'm wondering whether we actually need all those five strands every year or whether we should be scaffolding in diff- a different way, because that is what we hear around teachers, who feel they have to move on to cover the curriculum even though because they're running out of time.
0: So, so we need but to that's not that. your call, though, is it? That's something that's got to have to be done at the ministry level, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so we keep on saying, yes, in terms of curriculum review and reporting on strands, we do get the direction from the ministry to say these are the strands that need to be taught and reported on uh, in each reporting cycle. Um, but what we're trying to say, then, if we can do our analysis and say, okay, these are the areas that we want you to focus more on, yes, you still have to report on each, but let's, let's see where maybe we, we could focus more time in certain areas because of where we're seeing uh, the greatest gaps.
0: All right. So the analysis continues, and, and obviously you're being you know, pretty in, 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 intricate about this to try to drill down and find out what's going on. How quickly can you turn this around?
1: Well, that's, uh, now that we have the data uh, uh, available to us for every school, um, our, our work now in the next three weeks is, is that's the intense focus of our research department and people from our programs is to do that analysis. And we said our target now over the next two years in grade uh, six is to close that gap. We need to close that gap. Um, and I would like to see that gap. When I look at the gap in, in grade nine, it's in uh, applied in academics. academic. We've, you know, our students are three to five, you know, three to 5% is the gap from academic and applied, but in junior it's 14. So obviously our students over time close that gap and do better in grade nine, the same group of kids. I like to see over time that we could close that gap. So in the next three or four weeks, that's how quickly we want to turn around that analysis.
0: All right. So, I mean, listen, you want kids to do the best they possibly can, but is your short-term goal here to try to at least achieve the provincial average?
1: Well, I think short-term is to close the gap, and I and I uh, say that because um, uh, when you think realistically, to close it, to close a gap of fourteen percent in one year is, um, is not a realistic target. Your target no. has to be realistic, but. Uh, we say over the next two years, we would like to close the gap and see if the gap can get closer to where we were, where we are in grade nine, uh, about a four to five percent gap. How can we, over two years, move that gap closer to the to the provincial average?
0: Because obviously, the long term goal here is is the you know quality education, and, and I think we're all on the same page there. But the, the, there seems to be quite a debate right now about how we're going to get there.
1: Yeah, at, at the end of the day, we keep on telling our teachers too all this data. Te- it, this data is so important because it informs us about the needs of our students over time and that EQAO is connected to curriculum expectations. So at the end of the day, the more we can learn about our students, because at the end of the day, I've said this to you before, we want to make sure our students have the right skills when they graduate. We've seen our graduation rate go up a percent a year over the last three years. And, and I would say that that's not, that's not by coincidence. It's been very intentional about tracking and using these data sets to help us inform instruction uh, because, even after grade 9 there's in grade 10 where we have the literacy tests there's no other provincial assessments but we still need to understand our students to make sure our graduation rate continues to uh, uh, to grow
0: are you getting help from the ministry on this I, I mean we had a discussion i remember a few years ago because there seemed to be a rather wrong-headed policy there that the schools that did best on these tests uh, were rewarded. The other ones were kind of left to to sink or swim on their own, which I thought was totally opposite of the way it should have been. Those that have the lower scores are the ones that really need more assistance in situations like this, and and assistance is funding. Let's get you know right to the chase here, uh, to be able to give you the resources to do this. I, I last time I went by your board office, I didn't see a money tree out there, Manny. So I mean, you'd like to think that somebody else is going to step up, and that would be the provincial government.
1: Yeah, no, Bill. The the ministry has provided some funding based on some of the results. That's why we have. Six math coaches in our schools and high-priced schools because they were some of the schools that had uh, the worst results in EQAL. So they have good, but but I would say not to the same level uh, that uh, we require because we always say in Hamilton, we in our public board, we welcome all students. We're a diverse group, and we have uh, some social economic factors that we need to be aware of. Uh, In in the most recent Auditor General's report of our board, they did. They did, you know, they reviewed two public boards and two Catholic, and especially the two public boards had uh, 26 and 27 percent of students who required some support in terms of special education services. And and relative to the Catholic boards, they were 12 and 16 percent, respectively. So we keep on pushing um, to the province that the funding needs to be distributed equally based on the needs that boards have, and not all boards are created equally in terms of their their demographics. Uh, But again, it's not an excuse. It's a a reality we need to deal with. So how do we have the resources to support to help close these gaps?
0: Well, and that's something that you and I have talked about in the past. I mean, there are socioeconomic factors at play here. Uh, and, And that's not to suggest they aren't happening in other cities as well. But I mean, every city is unique uh with intake etc and 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 i you know again that's something that has to be uh, i think factored in when we look at what's going on here uh, obviously you got a plan and, and you've got a strategy for this right now too so hopefully that we're going to see some positive results on this in the uh, the months ahead on this Many, i really do appreciate you taking the time for us today You're welcome, Bill, any time. You betcha. Mandy Figueredo, of course, was the Director of Education for the Hamilton Board of Education. Uh, Math scores, uh, something that we're always going to be talking about, I guess, because it seems to be problematic just about every time these scores come out. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.